More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome in, hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment. You can give us five stars. You can make sure that you hear every single moment of our discussion. You break it down by hour one, hour two, or hour three. And as we begin the third hour of the program, we are joined by Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, who was on with us a couple of months ago. Senator, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. And I want to start with this question for you. I got asked, and we've been debating a little bit, how does COVID ever end when we seem to have a process now in place that presumes COVID zero, which is impossible to ever reach? When do masks disappear? When do great majorities of the rest of the country just get to get back to normal? How does this plane ever land? How does COVID normalcy ever return to the country? Well, I think most Americans want it to end as soon as possible. Unfortunately, there are so many people in power that seem to want it to go on forever. Um, You know, the Spanish flu took a couple years to have that pandemic uh, filter through the global population. Uh, Then people moved on. Um, I'm I'm so concerned that this is one disease that we picked out and we said, no, we, we can't allow it to spread. Even though very early on in the pandemic, you had epidemiologists saying, you know, you can't really prevent people from getting infected. What you can do is you can flatten the curve so we don't overwhelm our health care systems. Now, again, that was, that was kind of barring the development of an effective vaccine, um, which, which could limit the number of infections. Uh, I'm not sure this one will because now variants are, are uh, uh, emerging that are, seem to be defeating the vaccine. You take a look at the numbers out of Israel. You take a look at numbers out of the U.K. I wish we had numbers in the U.S., but our... CDC, FDA, NIH are not being transparent. I, I don't think they're being forthright. I'm not sure they're being completely honest with the American public, and that's unfortunate. So we have to look to other countries to see what their experience is. And, you know, and unfortunately, this is very unfortunate. It doesn't look like the vaccine's holding up very well against Delta. Um, you know, the, the most recent technical brief by Public Health England shows that uh, overall in 2021, 70% of deaths are in partially or fully vaccinated individuals, 30% are on the unvaxxed. Over 
the most recent time, August 2nd to September 21st, it's about 74% in fully vaccinated versus 26% in the unvaxxed. So, again, you know, that's unfortunate. I, I, wish that, I wish, God, I wish the vaccines were 100% effective, 100% safe, uh, but it doesn't appear they are. Senator Johnson's buck, you know, we uh, have, what, 1.3 million apprehensions at the U.S.-Mexico border. That's people that have crossed into the U.S. in violation of federal law. You've had, what, over 6,000 per day for the last two months. And yet we're being told by Secretary Mayorkas that they're working on it, the border is not open, and this is just a challenge how are they trying to meet this challenge? What What is the federal government doing other than it seems, at least to some of us who observe this problem pretty uh, as closely as we can, making it a smoother process for people to game the immigration system once they've entered illegally? So we had the secretary before my committee today, and his first question I asked him, you repeatedly, say, you repeatedly said, Mr. Secretary, that the, the, the border is closed. Do you honestly believe that? And I had my chart up there showing, you know, an incredible spike since the Biden administration took office. And he, and he stuck to it. He said, yeah, you know, it's, it's, board, it's closed. But, but he said they're executing their plan. I mean, isn't that great news? Uh, unfortunately, it is their plan. And their plan is for open borders. So yeah, I guess that's truthful. They're executing a plan. Their plan was to open up our borders. And it's working. And you're exactly right. You know, when they say they're, you know, they're improving the situation, they're improving the processing. We were down there months ago with 18 Republican senators. I was shocked to hear the CBP's direction was to process and disperse within eight hours. Um, you know, they, they weren't testing for COVID. Uh, right now, I think it's still uh, NGO groups that are, are doing the testing. I don't think uh, CBP has capabilities of doing it. So, again, you know, we're, we're, we're locking down. We're making all these mandates for vaccines. But, boy, if you come in the southern border, uh, you're, you're pretty well home free. And, of course, in the hearing today, I just asked them, of the 1.3 million apprehensions, how many people have they dispersed into America and he said, well, Sandra, I don't have those, don't have those numbers for you. Well, what, what do you mean you don't have those numbers? You, you obviously must have those numbers. You're just not telling us. Now, how can you come to a hearing that you know we're going to be asking those questions and you come completely unprepared? I was, I was more than a little ticked off. Senator Johnson, uh, you're also having to deal with the budget and infrastructure and everything else that's going on in addition to all the other chaos out there. What are you hearing about what Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema might be willing to uh, accede to in terms of a Biden budget? Do you think it happens this year? How does infrastructure end up playing out? What are you hearing as it pertains to these major pieces of legislation? Well, the good news is it seems like Democrats are having some real troubles. Uh, I think Joe Manchin, either in an op-ed or publicly, has said that uh, he, he'll only agree to about $1 to $1.5 trillion. Of course, Bernie... A Bernie budget says it's 3.5, but uh, we know it's more like five to five and a half trillion because they're they're creating new entitlements, but they're only scoring them for a few years. And, and we all know, as Ronald Reagan said, the closest thing to eternal life on this earth is a government program. So they're being very dishonest in in their scoring of these things. But uh, the AOCs of the world, they're not going to be satisfied unless they get the full Bernie budget. They're not even really happy with that. It doesn't it doesn't mortgage our kids' future enough for AOC and Bernie Sanders. But we'll just see whether it's going to be budget gimmickry, uh, that they lower the score. You know, for example, you know, rather than score a new entitlement five years, maybe they just peel it back to one, knowing that once you grant a new entitlement, it just never goes away. So I, I don't know how this ends. 
I mean, I, I hope they don't get what they want because it's going to be devastating for our children's future. We're speaking to Senator Ron Johnson of uh, Wisconsin. And, Senator, the Biden administration has had a, a rough go of it on the foreign policy front for the last, well, you could say from the beginning, but certainly for the last couple of months, given the situation in Afghanistan and the recent revelation that there was an airstrike that was supposed to stop a mass casualty terror attack, but actually the airstrike killed 10 civilians, including seven children, media not putting much focus on that. After the Biden administration's uh, remarks, or Joe Biden's remarks, I should say, at the U.N. General Assembly this morning, do you think that we're just heading for a, a replay of all the approaches, the failed approaches of the Obama administration over eight years when it comes to America's role in the world? Yeah, I have to unfortunately answer yes. I'm reminded of Robert Gates, Obama's defense secretary, said that the Vice President Biden was, has been wrong on every major foreign policy decision for the last 40 years. And, of course, President Obama famously said behind the scenes that uh, do not underestimate uh, Vice President Biden's ability to F things up. And that's exactly what he's doing. So, you know, it's incredibly incompetent what they're doing, right? But just you know, saying it's due to incompetence is being kind to them. This is their policy. I mean, they wanted open borders. We're getting it. And what we're seeing is we're seeing the chaos ensuing from their policy decisions. This is what they want. They wanted to surrender from Afghanistan. They wanted to pull out incredibly quick against all the advice from so many people, even on a bipartisan basis in the Senate. Uh, there would have been support for leaving you know, special operations forces there to support the Afghan uh, security forces to keep the Taliban at bay. But no, you know, he was going to do it his way. And, of course, his way has been a disaster, a bunch of rolling disasters. That is the hallmark of this administration. So uh, I, I wish there was a, a bright future here over the next three and a half years, but uh, I am highly concerned, and, and so are a growing number of Americans, of Americans as well. Millions are concerned about what's happening. Senator Johnson, I asked you to start this interview, how do we get back to normalcy? I will say, last night in Green Bay, Wisconsin, having the Packers playing in front of a full house for the first time since uh, the COVID mess began, seeing all the Wisconsin Badger fans uh, in your home state jumping around uh, for the opening game against Penn State and how that went viral. Are a lot of people in America, football fans in particular, just saying, we're over it. The best way to get back to normal is by living our normal lives. When I see hundreds of thousands of fans packed closely together without masks, celebrating and enjoying football games, I feel like that's the best version of America that we can have right now relative to this difference between blue state and red state. Millions of college football and NFL fans going to games seem to be in many ways leading us uh, back to normalcy. No, I think after the you know the the huge sur surge uh, late last year, uh, we came down out of that. The pandemic was was kind of waning uh, before the vaccinations began. Now we have the new surge. But you know, most people kind of looked back over the last nine months to a year and said, "Well, you know, I survived it." I know a lot of people that had it, and you know, many of them just had sniffles for a couple of days or lost their smell and regained it. Uh, so you know, again, there 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 are tens, probably more than 100 million Americans that got COVID and survived. And so they're just looking at the, re the reality situation. They have natural immunity uh, that they realize because now we have science telling us it's 27 times more effective than the vaccine. And so, so people are just ignoring uh, the, the inconsistent advice from our federal health agencies because they realize they haven't been honest with us. They haven't been transparent. And so people have just decided, listen, this is, you know, COVID's going to be around. 
we're going to have to live with it. Uh, you know, whether whether you had it or didn't have it, uh, you know, I had it. I was asymptomatic, and we've never really explained why 40 to 50 percent of people had asymptomatic COVID. Was was it because we already had natural immunity to a similar type of coronavirus? And again, natural immunity is so good that even recognize this new one, maybe a new one that was man-made. Um, again, so many unanswered questions, so many things that do not make sense. Like, wh- why not early treatment? I think you guys know I've been banging my head against the wall on that one since literally March of 2020, and we just cannot get the health agencies to, to seriously take up the case for whether it's ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. I mean, now, I, can't, I can't pronounce all these names. There's a cornucopia of available generic drugs that can be employed, but the CDC has no interest in it. The NIH guidelines to this day can you know, basically say, if you get tested for COVID, go home, isolate yourself, be afraid. If you get so sick, come in the hospital and, hey, we'll, we'll pump you full of remdesivir. Uh, it, this is madness what's happening. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you so much for being with us, sir. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Stay well. Thank you. Well, come in, you know, Clay, I mentioned that uh, Biden at the U.N., you know, some things he said there that uh, are a reminder of what the focus of this White House is. And unfortunately, not not focused on things I think a lot of us want them to be on. Come back to that. Plus, some more thoughts on the situation of I, I like your question. It's one we have to keep asking. How does it end? Uh, how, how does covid finally go away? Not I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. People's craziness in the face of the virus. We'll come back to that in just a couple of moments here. My Pillow products have changed our sleep for the better, and they've done it again with their My Slippers. Mike Lindell took over two years to develop, develop these, ensuring they weren't just any ordinary slipper. They're made with a three-tier cushioning system. Look, when I put mine on in the morning, right when I'm making my coffee, you feel them slip onto your feet, and, man, they're so comfortable. It's a great way to start your day. But you can walk around anywhere with them. I mean, Clay, they've got two layers of My Pillow foam and a layer of Impact Gel, so you can get all-day comfort from these slippers. No doubt. And my wife wears hers everywhere. I mean, she absolutely loves these shoes. She can wear them all day long, like you said. And what's crazy is you get a one-year warranty on them, 60-day money-back guarantee. How many times have you ever heard of that for a shoe? And right now our listeners get 50% off my slippers. Log on to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code Clay and Buck, and you will be well on your way to being able to have fantastic shoes on your feet. These slippers are extraordinary. MyPillow.com, promo code Clay and Buck, or you can call 800-792-3269. It's amazing trying to keep up with everything here, but that's what we do. We make the complex understandable. Words forever etched into the heart of America. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, inspired by Rush on the EIB Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for being here with us on the Clay and Buck Show. This is Buck, and we have another Project Veritas bombshell that has dropped here. You know, James O'Keefe's Project Veritas does a lot of undercover journalism work exposing the left in a variety of fashions. Recently, a lot of it has been left-wing media bias at places like CNN, but also now on vaccinations. Here's what you would think. There should be no question in any of our minds that we are told fully and completely any and all complications that arise from people taking the vaccines because, and so talking about side effects here, right? Because how else can we as a society, especially given that the government is instituting mandates of all different kinds around this how can we judge what's a good idea and what's not put aside for a moment that i think the mandates are overreach and tyrannical but how could we even know whether we should be for or against this if we weren't fully given access to the data the numbers the reality of it well product veritas has a federal whistleblower here uh going on the record about hiding of government data essentially making the claim that not everything that happens as a result of people taking this vaccine is shared in the VAERS database, uh, which is where you're supposed to have every, even if it's not thoroughly vetted and verified, if there's an actual report from a person who got the vaccine, it's supposed to go into VAERS if there is a side effect. Here's what this Project Veritas whistleblower says. The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of is full of. Now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. He's got myocarditis. Yes. Oh, this is bull. 
And then now, let's see. Probably bulk are died due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the yeah. the mat. It's a shame they're not telling people. I know. Like they're supposed to. Like they should. And I think they want people to buy and how many have you seen that have gotten vaccinated here? The yeah. sick and yeah. side effects? A lot. A lot. Have you seen it too? Yeah. Yes. So and and I'm like, who's writing the virus report? Nobody, because it takes over a half an hour to write the damn Why? Clay, I think there's plenty of reason to ask questions about how thorough the reporting is about side effects. I... It's so frustrating. You heard Senator Ron Johnson with us in the last segment. We just don't have the data. When we have to constantly be looking at Israel and we have to constantly be looking at England and presuming that their data is so much better than ours as it pertains to the uh, as it pertains to the vaccine. You heard Senator Johnson say, "Hey, the most recent data from England, I think it was England, 70 over 70% of the people who are dying of COVID now or with COVID, we should always say, have been double vaccinated or at least once vaccinated. And that's why this whole uh, sort of brass ring that the Biden administration has been holding out for everyone is in many ways not reflective of the real data. And, you know, if we had 100% of people who were vaccinated in this country, it's not as if COVID would go away. And there's a huge percentage of left-wingers out there who believe that if 100% of people were vaccinated, this thing would go away. And when we come back, Buck, I want to dive into the data that's coming out of Vermont. And I want to talk and share with our audience what that data is showing us and why it's significant and also why it provides further evidence that if we want to use the vaccine as a pathway to normalcy, it's not going to ever get us to COVID zero. It's just never going to happen. In the meantime, I got to tell you, aging, not kind to the body at all. Neither is overexertion or too much exercise. In fact, any or all of those can lead to suffering, chronic, everyday pain. That's why we want you to try out our friends at Relief Factor, because we don't want you in everyday pain. We'd like you to be pain-free. Relief Factor, created by doctors and perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Made for those suffering everyday pain. Four key ingredients, 100% drug-free, and it addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. My wife uses this. She works out hard all the time. Gives her a great deal of comfort and relief. Can do the same for you. It's why 70% of the people who try this product go on and keep ordering more. Yvonne in California tried it. She and her husband both in their 70s, and they say it's made a tremendous difference for them. Buck has seen it along with his father. You can as well. Sign up and join the more than half a million people with the three-week quick start, 1995, relieffactor.com, 800 for relief. Again, 1995 at relieffactor.com or call 800, the number for relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Our thanks, Senator Ron Johnson, who joined us earlier. If you're just listening now, interesting data dropped by Ron Johnson about England and Israel and where we might be headed as a country. And you can hear that on the podcast. You can also go hear it on clayandbuck.com. You can follow us, Clay and Buck, on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm at Clay Travis. He's at Buck Sexton. And the Clay and Buck show is at Clay and Buck. can also find that Facebook, Instagram, basically anywhere with a social media platform. And I wanted to hit on this because one of the conversation points we've been having is, you know, what would happen if everybody, let's just pretend that there was a 100% vaccination rate in the country. Well, Israel and England have a higher vaccination rate than us, so that gives us some idea. But Vermont, uh, and I'm quoting from uh, at ENMSC, who does, if you don't follow him, phenomenal graphics, uh, just does outstanding graphical analysis of these situations. And Vermont has a massively high vaccination rate. Some of you listening to us, I'm sure, in Vermont right now, Vermont has 88% of adults and 99% of everyone over 65 at least partially vaccinated. So Vermont is basically the most vaccinated state in the United States. 88% of adults, 99% of everyone over 65 at least partially vaccinated. And right now Vermont is setting new records in terms of the overall number of daily cases in Vermont. So, Buck, I tweeted out this graphic. You can go check it out yourself. We don't know how much higher this number is going to go, but right now they have broken through the levels that existed during the fall and spring surges that many different places experienced And remember, Fauci said, and this is on the graph chart too, on June the 3rd, he said, with 50% of adults vaccinated, I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges we've seen in the past. We're talking about 88% of adults vaccinated in Vermont, 99% of people over the age of 65 who are obviously in the most risk. So this is the question we've been asking. We talked about this with Alex Berenson on Friday. What do you believe? What the government is telling you or what the data is showing us? Because the two stories don't add up. What the government is saying and what the data is showing, Buck, are fundamentally at, at a uh, loggerheads. You also keep hearing that that the, the talking point for the people that want to make it seem like this is not another instance of a pretty massive government failure is, oh, but it's the Delta variant. It's more transmissible. To this, I want to say, if the Delta variant is getting around the vaccine's protection at a substantial level, that is still vaccine failure. I don't I don't care how effective it was before the Delta variant. I care how effective it is now with the Delta variant. Right. But people keep trying to find a way look it's it's like they think fauci is santa claus and they really expect someone to show up and you know eat the cookies and drink the milk in the middle of the night before the presents show up like they just they're never going to give this up no matter how much evidence you present to them that what we were told was not true i mean that much is is i think is beyond clear at this point and i i think it brings us back to the conversation that we continue to have about will Boosters, I believe very strongly that boosters are still going to be first suggested for everyone and then mandated. I think, Clay, they've made a tactical decision. The FDA and others have made a tactical decision. Let's get the kids vaccinated first. So let's kind of get everybody on the 
on the shots train, so to speak, right? Let's get everybody on the uh, get to a, get at least a shot, and then we'll start talking about getting them more shots. I, I think, and it also ties into what you said yesterday about how what do they do if we start to see a big case? What, what, what do we believe at this point? I mean, I, I want to know. I, I wish Fauci would call in, you know, and and we would be nice. We got to an him, invite out. We, to we him. have invited him on because I would want to ask him: Are we preparing? for a really rough winter of COVID cases again? If so, are we going to continue with this line that it's only the unvaccinated that are that are causing problems slash at risk? Because they can only hide this data for so long. I mean, the data out of Florida, where I think you can trust it actually more, because a lot of the people in the health system there aren't as ideologically invested, perhaps, or at least at the top of the health bureaucracy in a certain narrative coming out, how is it possible that 50% of people, it's more than 50, as we know, 60% of people in the Miami monoclonal antibody clinic are vaccinated people? Is that just some anomaly we're supposed to believe? Or is that representative of what we're seeing happen across the country where the number of the percentage of vaccinated and how that is represented in hospitalizations and deaths from COVID is getting bigger and bigger and bigger with each passing week? which if you believe vaccine failure is the problem we are dealing with here, not that the vaccines never work, but that they don't work for very long, hence boosters, that's exactly what you would expect. So if that's not happening, what is happening, right? I mean, this is where we need some answers. Yeah, and again, we're just looking at the data in Vermont. It's impossible to argue that Vermont's increase in COVID cases is only coming from the 12% of people in Vermont who have not received a vaccine, right? I These think they are arguing of, that. I mean, just to be, I think you're right, but I think there yes, are people that are claiming There are people who would argue that, yes. But that is where I think the fundamental fallacy, yet again, of the Biden administration is going to be exposed. Because if you look at Israel and if you look at England, there is no data point by which you can argue that this is a failure of the unvaccinated, and that's the only reason why cases are going up. And you heard Senator Johnson say that if you looked at the most recent English data, a huge percentage, I think he said over 70% most recently, of people who are dying with COVID are vaccinated. So that is going to be, as those numbers continue to arrive on our shore and so far we seem to have tracked israel and england fairly significantly which is why the booster argument was made by dr fauci in the first place buck because he's referenced many different times the israeli data and they are afraid of what that israeli data is going to reflect and show and they're trying to get ahead of it while they still can and that is i think really going to be difficult for the fall and winter in terms of what the narrative will be at that point i mean in the meantime go ahead it's going it's going to be a mess as uh, as we start to break all this down we'll take some of your calls to close out the show uh you can give us a call at 1-800-282-2882 in the meantime if we've learned anything since 2020 it's that nothing is quite as important as a powerful immune system over 20 years ago dr dennis black of texas invented texas superfood texas superfood is the original superfood he has been making sure that he has 55 vine ripened fruits and vegetables plus probiotics and digestive enzymes 
You can build your body's defense from the inside out. Dr. Black wants you to know that the immune system's job is to detect, deflect, and destroy bacteria you come in contact with. That's why Texas Superfood boosts your immune system better than anything on the market. Your grandma told you to eat fruits and veggies, but with busy schedules and fast food, guess what? Most people don't do it enough. In a sense, Texas Superfood safety net for the American diet. For over 20 years, they've been helping thousands and thousands of people get and maintain their best health. Buck Sexton, how do people get hooked up listening to us right now to ensure they're as healthy as possible? Look, if you can't, won't, or don't eat all your fruits and vegetables every day, Texas Superfood was made for you. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. That's TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call the phone number 855 855- Texas 55. Your antidote to the cancel culture. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop here for the day on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. So if you missed anything, please go and listen back on the Clay and Buck podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 
The iHeart app is a great place to do it. Also, you could follow me on the Buck Sexton Show. I put out a 30-minute podcast in the morning early on to kind of run down events. And follow Clay on Twitter. He's tweeting up a storm day in and day out, at Clay Travis. I'm at Buck Sexton on Twitter, too. Uh, I should tweet. I should tweet more, but I'm so focused on, I don't know what I'm focused on. Trying to save the world, I guess. Joe in Prior Lake, Minnesota, calling in now. What's up, Joe? I'd like to make a request for the doctors you've asked to call in tomorrow. And I think they could help us fill in a big missing link I haven't heard anywhere else. Sure. And that is about the money. I, I hope they can provide some insights on how much doctors, hospitals, and clinics make off of prescribing more expensive COVID drugs over some of the less expensive alternatives and whether there are still any incentives like there were early with COVID for you know them to designate someone as having COVID. Uh, so uh, as for the, okay, I mean, uh, Joe, I'm not a doctor, so I guess we'll see if any of the docs call in can answer this. I'm not aware of how they would have an incentive for prescribing one drug, Clay, over over another. In terms of coding and reimbursement, that that may be a thing. I'm sure that probably is a thing at some level, but that's getting that's getting down in the weeds below where, where uh, the Buckster can see. Well, and again, I think what we should emphasize, what uh, Senator Johnson said to us earlier in the show, is what we're trying to do is look at the data and let you know where we're headed, not where we are right now. Because there's a, we've said before, I think you said it yesterday, Buck, the government analysis tends to be 60 or 90 days behind whatever the data is showing us. So you can pretty clearly think about where they are going to be. And if we're at a point where, again, I'm looking at a direct quote from Senator uh, Johnson, who was just on with us in uh, in the opening segment of this hour, and he ran through and said, uh, again, the most recent technical brief by Public Health England shows overall 70% of deaths in partially or fully vaccinated individuals 30% in the unvaxxed from August 2nd to September 21st. It's 74% in fully vaccinated people's deaths, 25, 26% in the unvaccinated. So if that's where we're headed, Buck, if we're headed to a world in the United States where three quarters of the people dying with COVID are vaccinated, it throws into an uproar the underlying argument of the Biden administration, which is, we don't have a pandemic. We have a pandemic yeah. of the unvaccinated. That's not true. COVID is still killing they, tons of vaccinated people. Their their foundational narrative melts down like Chernobyl if we get to that point. I mean, it, it becomes untenable. It becomes something that no one who cares about facts, logic, reason, and data can support. That is not to say there will be uh, there will be a total repudiation of it even when we get to that point, but it will become clear for all to see. And that will also then raise a lot of questions about what the heck was this whole thing all summer about forcing people and vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. If the failure of the vaccines becomes and this is an if and as Clay says, we're looking ahead. But when our friend Alex Berenson was looking ahead in June based on the Israeli data, 
People were saying, you know, he that's nailed crazy. It so much that they kicked him off Twitter, yeah. but everything he said was true. Twitter should be horrifically embarrassed. They're not, but they should be horrifically embarrassed about that. This is one of the problems you see. Some of these, uh, some of these sites and social media platforms that have been suppressing things that turned out to be true. Clay, they feel like, well, we did our part at the time, which is making sure that everyone knows which side of this we're on. You know, we, we're on Team Fauci, even when Team Fauci is wrong. That's how Facebook and Twitter and others view their role. And for those of you who don't get your information from those social media sites or on, aren't on them, just understand those platforms drive public perception and the national conversation around COVID more than anything else, even more than CNN, even more than New York Times. So they have a tremendous amount of influence over this stuff. Uh, Ray in Charleston, South Carolina. I love Charleston. What's up, Ray? Well, I'd like to know how these tyrannical leaders can force you to take a vaccine. The city of North Charleston and the county of uh, Charleston has mandated all employees must take the vaccine or lose their job by October 30th. That includes firefighters, police officers, uh, anybody anybody that works for the city or the county. And that, that's messing with their right to, to be able to provide for their family. I mean, some of these guys have had 15 years or better on, on you know, serving, and now they're going to be, uh, if you don't take the vaccine, now you're going to be fired. It's, it's uh, look, what we talked about was the vaccine mandate likely i think the way it was laid out by the biden administration unconstitutional but it takes so long for that ruling that mandate to be found to be unconstitutional that in the meantime as our caller from charleston just pointed out you're talking about people having to make decisions before they have the ability for the courts to tell them whether or not they're being forced to do something that's unconstitutional I mean, really, that that's the and we saw the Biden administration say earlier with the eviction moratorium, Biden himself said, well, we think it's unconstitutional. but We're going to do it anyway to try to buy some time. But this is this is a continuation of a lot of the approaches and and a lot of the actions of the Obama administration where they would. This is remember the whole I got a pen and a phone. The executive order is going to go around and do things going to uh, going to mandate things that very clearly uh, were not constitutional, but. One of the one of the big ones back in the Obama years was they were trying to get uh, documents, work permits, etc., to illegal aliens in contravention of uh, federal law at the time. They're just going to do it. They're going to give all these permits to DAPA, the deferred uh, deferred action against the parents, not the child, the ch- child arrivals, the parent arrivals, DAPA program, uh, which people forget about now. But that actually got struck down. I think it was by a Fifth Circuit judge down in Texas. They said, uh, no, 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 you can't actually because once you give the cards to everybody, it's kind of like vaccines, right, Clay? You can't undo the shot in somebody's arm. So the mandates are meant to get people taking it as quickly as possible, as many of them as possible. And then they'll figure out what are, what are they going to do? What are they going to say if the court says, oh, you shouldn't have done that? Linda in Sacramento, California. What's up, Linda? Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to remind everybody that very early on uh, in 2020, when the virus was putting a lot of people in the intensive care units, there were also people that were getting it and recovering. And a call went out from the whole medical establishment pleading with these people who had recovered to donate their blood because they had antibodies. Then they were separating the plasma, giving it to the people in the ICU, critical, uh, critically ill people, and they were healing many of them. So the first 
first treatment for critically ill people was the blood plasma of recovered COVID patients. So why, in God's name, are they treating recovered people who have antibodies as though they're pariahs and demanding that they get, I have, it makes no sense to me at all. That's a great call, yeah. Linda. I mean, Very good point. I think, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great point. And uh, again, it's almost like they're Dr. denying Fauci, the science, Clay, in favor yeah. of politics. Almost. If Dr. Fauci would ever come on with us, that's one of the first questions we would ask him. I don't think he's going to do it, but that goes to the essence he's of why we want him on the show. Clay. Clay is going to be too rough for him. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 